Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. Has anybody ever been in love? Isn't it amazing that usually it's the women that raise their hand? And that question takes time to compute in the minds of men. Like, what do you say? But has anybody ever really been in love? It's okay. You can say that. Without, you see, look at my son-in-law. You better be in love, son. You, that's it. That's it. It's a good thing to be in love, yes? It is a wonderful thing to be in love. I've been in love for 44 years. Yeah. This little girl of mine, I'm telling you, she makes me shine. She's been my girl for, what, 45 years now, Mama? We're courting for a little over a year, and then we've been married. We've been married, and we've been together longer than we've been single in this world. We got married when we were 18 years old. Now we're both 63, 2, 62. Wow. How do you like them apples? But it's good to be in love. You see, when you're in love, the world becomes a blur. Problems seem ever so much lighter. And the most trying of times that you could experience in this world, regardless of how deep it is, how difficult it may be, it's always easier when you're in love. Suffering, bad news, got fired from the job, somebody in the family sick, maybe the loss of a friendship or whatever, all of this and all of these are grave situations. I'm not making light of them. But you'll agree with me that when you are in love, you always seem to bounce to that love. Why? Because I believe God's word becomes true that love covers a multitude of sin. It seems to buffer ever so much of the troubles of life. Great things of concern concern you that much less because you're in love. Bad weather, anything becomes seemingly weaker and the pangs a lot lighter when you know you're in love. So it's good to be in love. Next question. Has anybody ever felt the pain of falling out of love? Just me. Anybody ever felt the pain of a love destroyed? Well, I'll talk to the three of us later. You, the rest of you, I'm going to pray because you're lying. It's a horrible thing. At least you can say amen if you don't want to admit it. 
It's a painful thing to see love destroyed in your life. However, it may come falling out of love, losing that one person or that one thing, whatever it is that you are passionate over, to see it fall out of your grip is such a painful experience. You wouldn't believe this, but in my career as minister for the past 30-some-odd years, I've talked to both young and old. And the cutest ones to me are the younger ones, the little ones. The 13 and 14, yes, I've had meetings with 13-year-olds. <laughs> my girlfriend doesn't love me anymore. And I'm sitting there going like, wow. But the pain is real, and I, fought, I have met with ladies, and I've met with men, older men and women, who just like that young person are sitting there talking, and they want to heave because the pain is so deep in their gut to see them fall out of love, passion. It's such a horrible feeling. Such a horrible pain to, to know that one moment you held someone, something so dear, so close, so important that it made life for you such a better experience. But now whatever securities you found in that love are now gone. Love. You know, the Bible talks a lot about love. It speaks to us of how it is all suffering and all enduring and how it forgives and how it remembers not and all these things and how it covers the mistakes of many. It speaks to us a lot about love. And then it speaks to us about a major love and that is the love that Christ has for us. And that too, even more so than the love we have for each other, is incomparable. The song we just sang says, you have no rival. And when it comes to God's love for us, there is no rival. You could never love any human more than God loves you. You could never love anything in this world more than God loves us. Love. A powerful, powerful word and a powerful verb, a, a powerful action deep within us. And it speaks to us of how God loved us so much that he gave his life on Calvary that you may not, and I might really come to grips with the depth of his love for us. He spread his arms and he died for every single one of us. But I'm wondering... Since you and I are the recipients of such love, do you ever wonder if God has been brokenhearted when it comes to us loving him back? There is a passage of scripture that I, the Lord just dropped in my spirit this morning. The guys don't have it up there, but I give it to you. Revelations 2, if you will. Revelations 2, verse 3 through 5. I find this particular passage, and that, that's the passage of choice for my, my devotional this morning, but I want to read it because 
it, it, it took me to a place that it actually it made my stomach quiver. Revelations chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. Guys, did you get it? And this is the Lord speaking to the church of Ephesus. You've heard of the seven churches and the letters that the Lord wrote to them. And this is one of the letters. And this is the complaint he has for one of these churches in Middle Asia. Verse 3 says, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Uh, you've shown that you were interested in this relationship because you put up with stuff concerning me. But there's something more important than just putting up with stuff for me. Something more than just physical things in our relationship. And this is the next thing I have to say to you, church. It says, you've persevered and you've endured difficult situations for my name, and you've not grown weary, but yet I hold this one thing against you. And if you'll just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, I believe you'll hear the stomach of God cringe a little bit. Mm. See, because we just spoke that we understand how difficult it is to go through a broken love. And so I just imagine the time that you wanted to heave because you knew that that guy that you love that loves you no more or that spouse or that friend or this or the other that used to make you feel that that love was deposited in you always is there no longer and it hurt that bad. I want you to apply that to the voice of God in this passage. He says, yet I hold this against you. You are forsaking the love you had at first. You don't feel the same about me anymore. I know you've been doing stuff. I know you come home from work. I, I, I. I see. I know you still open the door when you, I step into the car. I know you still pull my chair. I, I, I know you wait for me to, to eat first. I, I know that you, I know that you're doing these things for me. But yet, when it comes to that connection in the heart, uh, there's something that's missing in me. Uh, we're disconnected. It's not real anymore. Something happened. We are dislodged now. We used to be fastened together by this thing called love, but now you have forsaken that glue, that bonding element that kept you and I so together. Regardless of what you've done, I appreciate that. I'm glad. Thank you for remembering my birthday. Thank you. Thank you for... Taking out the trash. Thank you for bringing in the mail. Thank you for keeping your job and working and supplying for the house. Thank you so much. But there's something missing in the heart here. I sense it. That that which was what kept me going on a daily basis to truly love you is there no longer. 
And in my cry and appeal to you, I, I say to you these next words, consider how far you have fallen. Think about when this began to happen. Think about when you be started becoming numb to loving me. Think about the moment that the smile you said brought you happiness now was nothing more than a physical expression. Think how far, think how far back. When did this happen that you and I dislodged something? You see, I've been here, I've been looking at you, and yeah, I've been seeing you perform, but when we look at each other, that, that the glimmer in our eyes isn't there anymore. We sit down for dinner and we look at each other, and it's nice to be there, but there is no commitment across this table. Think about this. When did this happen? When did we fall apart? When did you walk away? What was it that bit our relationship and numbed the feelings that we had? You used to love me, you said. you this in these next words it says repent that is change your mind while you may have a chance I ask you change your mind and begin to do the things you did at first let's go back to where we were and let's rekindle our relationship once again that we might be lovers of each other that this fairy tale that you and I were living in yesterday might once again commence today that together at the end we might ride off into the sunset like lovers do. Change your mind. No? Change your mind. What happened? When did you fall out of love with me? Do the things that you used to do. Come back to me. But make it real. Or else the consequences are things that I cannot argue with. They will come because they will come. It's a lie to believe that we can continue like this in the same house. That we can continue in this relationship without consequences. No one can live in the same house out of love for too long. It gets old. Repercussions for this loss of love will soon begin to crumble and the house will divide. And so today in America and even in our churches, and I say this tenderly, with due respect, because I know that we suffer of this even in our house today, but bless the Lord you're here. Our divorce courts are filled with people who have experienced this very passage with each other. Change your mind. Because ultimately, it is beyond me. But if you don't change your mind, then I will remove your lampstand from my heart. Because I will survive.
ladies and gentlemen. Love between you and I, love on a horizontal level is excruciatingly joyful and excruciatingly painful when it's lost. Now look at love vertically. And could we ever think that God doesn't experience the same pangs that we do when we fall out of love with him? Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is not a suggestion. This is the component for survival. These are the elements of living through a relationship till the end, till death do us part. This is something that should be read at every altar when a two come to commit. With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is not something, oh, I just love him. He's so cute. Oh, I like her. She's a hottie. There are a lot of hotties standing at the divorce court. And a lot of cuties pulling out their hair because they lost the love of their life because of stupidity. This commandment here is not a suggestion, it's a command. This is God giving us the formula to survive in a relationship of love with him. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your insides, and with all of your strength, with service, spirit, and attitude. With service, spirit, and attitude. This past year, we went through a lot. This past year and a half, we went through a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I want you to know I'm just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I have a whole bunch of notes in front of me, but I'm looking at black letters and white paper. That's, I can't seem to see anything in English or Spanish. So open your heart. I believe God wants to speak to us. This year, this past year, for the past year and a half we the church have been through so so much as our families we went through so much we were attacked globally by this thing called the COVID and whatever political wars there have been over this issue and I'm not dismissing the fact that it's true or not I do know that many have died 
There's great admission today by those on top of how they intentionally lied about this disease. It's not my business. But I do know that many died. Where it came from, who instigated it, who did it, whatever, you can play with that all day long if you want. But a lot of people die. But there's something that's equally as important, never minimizing the fact that all these lives that suffered because of this. Someone else that suffered greatly was the church. You. You suffered greatly. We suffered greatly. This thing not only came to kill the physical bodies of people, but it came to chew on the spiritual ankles of Christians all over this world. Oh, that's a good place to say amen if you're listening. You see, before this COVID situation, we were a different church. You were a different kind of Christian. There was no interruption in your walk with God. You had developed a system. You were walking with the Lord on a daily basis. And you understood the importance of having a fellowship, an internal relationship with Him. But all of a sudden... This bump in the road came and boom. And it just sent an electroshock in the airwaves. And it surrounded and engulfed as many as it could. And it did socially. But it did church-wise as well. Today, pastors all over the world are crying out for the church to wake up again. Because people are getting out. You see, COVID is 99.8% curable. Nobody's dying anymore. And a lot of people that did die, they've just admitted weren't even dead because of COVID. They just happened to test them. They had it, so they named it COVID. And that's okay. But I'll tell you what. COVID is not a problem anymore. But waking the church up is. Waking the church up is. Many of us have lost our footing. Many of us have lost our intimacy. Many of us have have lost the sensibility of the Holy Spirit. Many of us have lost the convictions that we once had before. We couldn't wait. The children wouldn't ask anymore on Sunday morning. They, they, they got up and got dressed and you made it to church on that day. But now they're asleep till 11. And now you're asleep till 11 or you're at the flea market or you at some theme park or you're doing something else and you've completely disregarded your commitment, your love for God. 
But everything has its repercussions. And I pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts today and help us to understand. You see, this passage I just read to you out of Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. It's not where it stops. Gentlemen, if you would kindly go to verse 6. It says this. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart. You see, you can never teach anybody how to be faithful and be in love with God unless you are. This whole thing is do as I tell you and not what I do is a lie of the devil. But it must be implanted in your heart, it says. Then comes the commitment that I believe those that have surrendered to the bite of this devil that we faced this past year. It says this, impress them on your children and talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, please let it be a warning. And that's okay. I don't have to be bordered in. I'm getting ready to retire. Don't be afraid, but I am. I've been here for 27 years preaching the same gospel to you. And I'm praying, Lord, before it's time for me to go, please help me make someone understand. Those of us who have surrendered to the bite of this COVID and allowed us to put us to sleep because you see now we have a perfect excuse to exclude God in our agenda no 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 we can't go there's too many people there we may all get sick and die I'm not making fun of it but that's a fact but you're ignoring the fact that your children are watching you and one day that little boy is going to be 15 and 16 and one day that little beautiful little girl that used to get up and put her little bows on and come to church, to children's church and worship God and learn all the songs is watching you stay. And when she's 16 and you say, baby, let's go to church. She goes, no, no, no. You go to church. I'm telling you to go to church. They say, mama, you never went to church. So Pastor. They just don't want to come. I know I haven't been here for 10 years, but I don't know why they don't want to come. But my boy, he doesn't come home at night anymore. He's got no commitment. He doesn't want to come to church. Sister, the Bible says train up the child in the way he should go. Right now, there are soft as clay. We need to look beyond the natural of what's going on right now. There's something very spiritual in 2021 that has affected the church for 19, for 2022. I started talking about love. All of this has to do with love. 
And we spoke of how love and how bad it hurts when one falls out of love. I ask you this morning, just for a moment, how does God feel about your relationship with him right now? Those of you at home, how does God feel about your relationship with him right now? What are you doing right now? Where am I catching you at this moment? Where are you watching me with one eye? <laughs> Why aren't you here? You used to be. Nothing used to stop you. Your kids never used to ask you, are we going? They knew. Nobody used to text you or call you on Sunday mornings. Now you're in church and you're answering texts because they know you have a choice. You normally don't do anything on Sunday mornings anymore. Nobody texts me till after 3 o'clock. Because they know on Sunday morning for the past 37 years of my life, I am in church and I don't answer my phone. I'm not scolding you this morning. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to save your spiritual walk. That's what pastors are supposed to do. I'm sorry you might not get me voted in if I was applying right now. Because maybe this is not what you want to hear. But I don't want to preach to a church that's not willing to receive the truth. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen. Love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and strength. Because falling out of love is the greatest heartache anyone could ever experience. What excuses are we giving? We're hoping that something else comes in because that way we can hang on to our excuse. But you know what? Nothing else is coming. And if you're waiting for something else, that means that anything will serve as an excuse. Because you're not in the game anymore. Anything. It's going to be cold tonight, 31, 36 in the morning. That's too cold. We can't go. That summer's coming and it's going to be 80 at about 8 o'clock in the morning. Whew, no way. <laughs> Ain't that right? Say amen. It's okay. Say amen. You're not saying, yeah, that's me, pastor. Just say amen. I know you're actually saying, yeah, that's me. But I'm telling you, to try to make you feel it's not you, but it's not you. Say Amen. Yes, this is the truth, though. And this is what makes you feel. Some of you are kicking each other. I told you not to come to the We need Jesus, man. We need Jesus.
And if you think it's tough right now, it took nothing for the devil to topple the church. Nothing. Look at statistics and find out how many, close, how many churches have closed because you won't come to church anymore. How many broken ministries because the church found COVID as salvation. We need Jesus. And we need to fall in love with Jesus again. The Lord has seen your service. The Lord has seen how you've been a help. You've been generous when we pick up food to feed the hungry. We ask you for a little something here, and you're so willing. We ask you for jackets, pants. And Sister Rebecca Pearl goes, and she can't fill, she can't hold the stuff that we give her to take to Mexico. You're so good. We see your service. God sees what you're doing. But that doesn't prove love for God. It doesn't prove and confirm salvation. It could just prove generosity. I don't know that there's not, all of us are not generous. All of us are generous in this place. We have the most generous church in the world. But I've got to take you beyond that and tell you, you know, your generosity is great. God sees that. The way you handle yourself is great. But I believe that today, I didn't even preach my sermon. I believe today he wants to know that you love him. Sitting in my office, I was praying after we practiced it. And the Lord brought me to that passage. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk to them about some. I need to be loved. I need some loving. I need to feel their heart. I'm committed to them. I never am half-hearted with them. I'm always fully surrendered to them. There's nothing I will not do for them. There's nothing I will not listen to for them. There's no place I won't go to salvage them for them. Where is mine? When do I get the embrace? When do I get the embrace in my bosom and feel the heartbeat of my people? Where and when? can offer you is what I got and if it's not enough I got nothing else but I can tell them I can go up there and stand in front of the pulpit and tremble at my knees and risk not being liked and 
risk of someone saying, well, I'm not going to go back to that church. But I'll do that for you if you want me to. I'll tell them. He said, tell them. Because those that will love me will love me. Those that will love me will love me. And so this morning, we speak of love. Has anybody ever been in love? Such a beautiful thing. I'm telling you. Doesn't matter if you're hungry at night. As long as you can embrace the one you love, the hunger pangs go away. Even though there's a leak in the roof and you cannot afford the house, you promised your loved one still. She looks at you and she loves you. You say, that's okay, baby. One day we'll get what we need. Our love will suffice the need. But has anybody ever been out of love? After you've deposited everything you have into that relationship. And they turn around and they walk. It's the worst feeling ever. Those of you at home, it's the worst feeling ever. It is. I've seen your service. I've seen your deeds. I've heard your words. But... I have this one thing that's really breaking my heart. The Lord says, you're not for real with me anymore. Something happened. Go back a little bit. Find out where you fell off. What happened that you turned your heart away from me. From there, stop it. Change your mind. Repent. Begin to love me the way you used to again. Because otherwise we're facing inevitable consequences. I will remove you from my heart. I will survive. Ladies and gentlemen, God will survive without us. Ladies and gentlemen, God will survive without us. But we cannot. You need Him. And the beautiful part of this whole story this morning is that He wants you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org give.